Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to Theory and Theology. Um, Some more um, Adventism and denominational differences. So I've talked about generally how Adventism kind of looks compared to other churches. How how traditional kind of Adventists look you know, in the mainstream, um, I don't talk too much about like the ultra conservative Adventists because like, like I mentioned before, like I've had friends that I kind of met that like they grew up not even like bathing on the Sabbath. It's like you could take a shower up to Friday night and then you couldn't take another shower till like Saturday sundown because of the Sabbath. Um, and so I would say, yeah, I've I've talked also about like kind of a peek into like what a what a typical week would look like, lifestyle during the week, kind of what you'd be doing as far as like your food, your activities, your clothing, stuff like that. Um Now, I'd say the next thing I think to talk about from trying to go broad to uh, yeah, broad to more specific would be church itself. Um, I can't really talk about church without talking about the Sabbath, but, um, I do want to do a separate one about the Sabbath. So I won't talk too, too much about the Sabbath because some of the Sabbath is spent at church, depending, depending what type of church you go to though, you might be at church pretty much all the Sabbath other than, you know, a couple meal times or like sleeping, um, cause the Sabbath is Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. So it shifts every week. It changes from the time period. Um, honestly, you know, growing up Adventist, it's a very nostalgic, um, kind of thing for, for me anyways. Um, when I think about, um, the church, because it's like different times of year, you would be doing different types of things. Now I remember, one of my first paid job positions was at an Adventist school where I used to go. And I think the shift was the job shift time was from after school. So I think school ended, let's say, 6.30 p.m. Sorry. No. Whoa. What am I saying? Sorry. I'm not I'm not thinking clearly. I'm tired. Um, school ended, say, 3.30 p.m. I think I think school was 8:30 to 3:30. It ended 3:30 p.m. And you would um Yeah, I think work started at 3:30 p.m. and I think we usually work till 5. And I think, I mean, it was just a short after school shift because I was doing like the after school daycare kind of feel playground monitor type person. Um, so till five, maybe it was six. I can't honestly remember how when I when I worked. This was like years ago, guys. But let's say it was five or six. Um, I think it was till five because I think parents had until 6 p.m. to get there. Like, they weren't really supposed to get there later than 6. 
And I think a lot of us clocked out at five. But certain times of the year, like right now in December, like when the sun's setting at like 545 or something, um, you're not working to five. Like most of the year, sundown wouldn't affect your job. But once you have that time change and it's like winter, you do have quite a few weeks. I don't know exactly how long, but I know definitely in December, it's like, you know, the sun setting, you know, four something p.m. before five o'clock. Um, and it stays like that for a while where it's setting before five o'clock. So I remember not being too comfortable working on the Sabbath. I don't know if I started work a little earlier, but I remember not working I remember just clocking out exactly on the on the Sabbath dot um, Friday night. Um, so I wouldn't work all the way till five. I'd work till like 447 or 445. And it wasn't every single day. It was just like during the Sabbath, during the times of year where the Sabbath fell before 5 p.m. Because um, mind you, you know, there was a point in my life when I was like quite on the religious end of things. Um, as in following like a lot of the traditions, I never followed like 110% of the traditions. Um, like as far as like what I ate or what I bought or when I bought things. Um, but yeah, let's talk about the church. Um, so, um, usually church, the church service Uh, And this varies, but I'll talk about the church I was raised in. It would start at nine. So nine o'clock is what's called Sabbath school. Now, a lot of this is equivalent to what the majority of Christian churches would call Sunday school. So a lot of churches have this is Saturday morning, nine o'clock Saturday morning. You have Sabbath school until maybe 1045 ish or so or maybe 10:30 or so and then usually church might start at about 11 a.m. um so generally it would be nine o'clock sabbath school somebody would teach a lesson plan um and then it would end at like 10:30 or 10:45 ish or whatever church started at 11 um, and you would go 11 o'clock till maybe 1230 ish. Um, sometimes it would go to like one. Mind you, I went to like a mixed race church. Um, it was considered kind of a primarily white church. Now, a lot of Adventist churches are divided ethnically that's one thing that I don't know if other denominations really do this. Um, they don't, I wouldn't say they do it for racial reasons. Like they don't do it to be prejudiced. Like I've never known of anybody be like, being like, Oh, you, you go to like a black Adventist church or you go to like a white one or, you know, but they do kind of segregate a lot. And I do think, I mean, my perspective on why this is this is my perspective the reason why they do this is because there are a lot of people that don't speak the same languages or english or want to keep their kind of like ethnic cultural traditions um and kind of like mannerisms and kind of like cultural social kind of norms um 
within their church because that's important for them. So you, it's not uncommon to see Filipino churches. It's not uncommon to see Spanish-speaking churches, Japanese churches, uh, Pacific Islander churches, specifically Tongan, uh, a lot of Tongan Adventists, but um, um, Samoan, um, Korean. Um, yeah, you have a lot of Adventist churches that are different ethnicities black um now the white churches tend to be considered mixed churches overall i don't know of any churches that are that they're like oh this is like the white church um usually they're kind of considered like multicultural or people do know them as like the caucasian church but like usually they are the churches that tend to have more mixed everybody's kind of mixed up in there um so that's the kind of church I was mostly raised in there's another church that was in another city in south central um called Ephesus that was a black Adventist church um there was another one somewhere else I don't remember where it was in the city but I remember going there I want to say it was in Ladera Heights but I could be wrong um Let me see. Yeah, there were a lot of different churches that had, like, yeah, there'd be Spanish churches. Like, my friends went to this church in, like, San Pedro called Amistad. Um, it was all in Spanish. Um, my friends went to Gardena, Japanese church, um, all in Japanese. Um, yeah, so you would go into different churches and... Um, so you would mingle with all these other kids from, you know, teens, all these other people, especially in your teens, you start mingling a lot more. Um, but I'm going to get back to that. Um, I'm going to talk more about church lifestyle separately from like church service. So let's talk about church service first. Um, so yeah, Sabbath school would be around nine service would be around 11 um, if the service, you know, not every week, the church I went to had potluck, I think once a month, I want to say it was the first Sabbath of the month. We'd have potluck. Um, potluck. Um, let's see what else. So... In addition to potluck on Friday, um, sorry, potluck on Saturday after church, um, some churches might have a Friday night Vespers, some churches after potluck might have another part of the service until sundown or so some churches you would leave after church and just go home and eat lunch maybe rest and then come back um for like a sunset service some churches you would never come back after church some churches you would do community service after church um that's something we commonly did once we got a little bit older um we'd go out in the community and do like feeding the homeless or go on hikes or um, pray for people or, you know, things like that, that we do like as groups. Um, not all, it wasn't all day until sundown, but like it, you know, you're kind of just like killing time, honestly. Cause like 
if you're not allowed to do anything, like what, like usually you're just going to hang out with the people from church that also don't do anything. And so you would find things to do that were like within the guidelines of the church that you could do without really anybody complaining at you about it. Um, so community service and volunteer stuff, that was a, a good one. Uh, singing to the, um, elderly at the nursing home, um, and just mingling with them. Uh, Bible studies, those could happen either during the week or every day of the week or um, Friday nights or after church, before sundown. Um, and usually people after now, really, really conservative Adventists after church would tend to stick around the church itself and have like a church type of activity after sundown. So volleyball would be something popular or like sports, maybe a dinner type of potluck. Maybe, I don't know if people really brought like movies to watch. Um, but that kind of thing. Um, um, yeah. So the service itself was usually the main thing that you would spend your time doing on the sabbath that would be the biggest chunk of time that you would spend usually um usually the stuff friday night or the stuff after church was like a couple hours it wasn't usually all day every or if it was an all-day thing it wasn't every single week um a lot of times people did just go home after church um but then you might come back like what i'm trying to say is you might come back out again for another religious type of thing um, maybe, um, so, yeah, you'd have Sabbath school, you'd have the church service, the church service would usually start with maybe one song, or maybe the welcome, um, there's usually people at the front door welcoming you, um, giving you, like, a a bulletin with the whole program in it, It, it was printed out, um, some churches i mean there were times when we had like donuts or coffee or whatever just to get people to the service on time so i think sabbath school would end at like 10 30 and then church would start at 11 and then you'd get like crispy cream donuts and like coffee or tea or hot chocolate or orange juice it wasn't a lot but it was like trying to like encourage people to get to church on time because it's like I think for a lot of people who did cook on the Sabbath um because a lot of people did cook on the Sabbath I I think that the not cooking on Sabbath that was kind of something that happened a long time ago so my generation kind of grew up with parents that were teaching about like don't cook on the Sabbath uh you prepare your food before Sabbath and then you eat what's prepared throughout the Sabbath. So you're really not working. You're not even doing chores. You're not, you're not cleaning. You're not cooking. You're not doing anything. Um, so that's the purpose of preparing the food before so that you don't have to cook and clean and all that stuff. Like during the Sabbath, like it's already made, you know, a lot of people would eat like crock pot meals or sandwiches and stuff like that. That's already like prepped and you just take it out and just serve it, eat it, clean it up after the Sabbath. Um, or like, dishes where it was like a whole oven baked thing where like you could just heat it up in the microwave or something I don't know um everyone has their own kind of like rules of kind of like what was okay for them or not um 
Yeah. And so that's what we would do. Um and then Yeah. Um, like I mentioned, our church had potluck the first Sabbath of every month. So after church, there'd be potluck. Um, so there would be people who would help with the potluck. So during the ser- the sermon, um, it was usually a group of women. It didn't have to be. I think there were some guys too, but it, you know, adults and sometimes like teens that would help in the kitchen um, to prepare all the food, heat up all the food, um, or make like the, the punches, juices, like set out all the tablecloths, all the tables, all the kind of stuff. There are people who volunteered to do that. Now the church itself is pretty much run on volunteers other than like the pastor, the pastor might have an assistant, a secretary. Um, other than that, I don't think anybody else gets paid. I don't know if there's like janitor, janitorial staff or whatever, or people who are like paid cleaning services. Um, the, they're not necessarily part of the church. Like they're, they don't like necessarily hire from within only. Um, but I'm pretty sure somebody cleans up the church. I mean, I don't know who it is though. I don't think it's the pastor. I mean, the pastor, everyone keeps things clean, of course. And like cleans up like after potluck, it's not like they're just going to leave the, the mess in the kitchen. Like there are people who might be clean up crew. There are people who maybe the people who prepared the, the, you know, the dishes and the food, maybe they come back and they clean. I don't really know. Um, I wasn't involved in that, but there are different ministries in the church where you could volunteer. It was a different type of ministry. So there were like children's ministries, um, collegiate ministries, high school ministries. Um, there are people who did like the praying ministries and like, uh, Bible studies and stuff during the week. They would host it at their house or, um, have like prayer times during the week where people will come to the church at a certain time of night, like Tuesday nights, we did a prayer night, um, where people will come and pray as a group. Um, so there were a lot of ministries at the church. Not all of the ministries went on during the Sabbath or during the church service. Some of them did. So like I mentioned, you would walk in, a lot of people skipped Sabbath school, Partially because it was early, partially because some people live far and came from different parts of the city, uh, partially because, you know, some people just didn't like it. So they would just come into the 11 o'clock service. So the 11 o'clock service was usually um, where people would start coming in. Like I mentioned, they would have our church at one point had like donuts and like a little mild breakfast option before so that if 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 that was something that was going to make you run late was the cooking and cleaning before church you would come in to the to the church you would just eat right away it doesn't take that long to eat like donuts in a little cup of juice like you know it, it doesn't take that long it's not like a 30 minute meal even and it's all right there just by the door on a little table so you would just come eat it and come in and then so at least you're not hungry through the service um so the yeah you usually get greeted and there's usually like the praise team up there or some group playing music 
of some sort. Usually it's some kind of Christian music or like some background music or they might have like through the PA system playing like some kind of like contemporary Christian music. Now, there are different types of churches. There's there are contemporary Christian churches um, that are less traditional and there are the more traditional churches. So, um, so let me back up a little bit. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm missing things. I'm, I apologize. So Sabbath school usually has different types of lessons. So depending on your age range, you would be in a different Sabbath school class. Um, so there's like cradle roll, which is like really young. Uh, there's like the little kindergartners, like it depends if you can read and, you know, and then, you know, you might play with those little, we used to have these little like felt boards with these little felt people like Saul and or Paul or whatever, Jesus, Peter, like God, you know, little lambs and lions and trees and the little fire for like the burning bush and like little stuff. I don't know how you could tell who was who, like but they were usually um just people with like their robes and sandals and like a staff um so yeah so yeah you'd have uh, yeah and sabbath school would maybe have a quarterly so they had different age ranges of quarterlies I mean, there's a lot of literature. Adventists have a lot of literature. <laughs> um, there were quarterlies. Dude, I'm trying to think. I, I, this is all, like, coming to my memory because I don't even, like, hardly remember this stuff. So there were, like, quarterlies that were... Um, freaking, what was it? Yeah, it was, like, the... What is it? It was a quarterly. So you could get the book. It was like a physical book. that They called it a quarterly because it would go through three months worth of lessons. It would have a lesson that you would discuss at Sabbath school. Um, and it would go every day. Like you would basically have a devotional in there for every day. It would have a verse or like a scripture for that day or like a paragraph or whatever and you'd be studying like a type of lesson and then by sabbath school you would study that lesson so this is when you get a little older but they would have these two so little kids would have something that was called my little friend um that was their little weekly thing that they would take home so after sabbath school you would get a my little friend to take with you for the next week and you would study that throughout the week. And then they would have the lesson that you would be doing for that Sabbath. Um, I think Cornerstone, I don't remember the ages, honestly. I think Cornerstone is like from about third grade and up to like, I don't remember, honestly, the age ranges. You would have one for like, the guide was for like children, like kids. Um... It was kind of more colorful. So like the the My Little Friend was like a full sheet paper size of like a little book. The guide was like a half half sheet of paper size uh, folded like if you fold it like hamburger, um, a half paper sheet size um, with 
each lesson for each day of the week and it had like comics it was kind of like a comic book style it was like colorful with like comic book style um i think yeah cornerstone was like a thicker book like a like a full book um that you would take home and keep it at home i don't think you would get a i don't remember what age i was at i feel like i got the guide at the same time i would get the cornerstone but i feel like the guide was like something they give you after church i don't remember honestly or maybe it was for something you do in church because there were like doodle pages and little stuff that you would do in church too um if you weren't gonna pay attention to the sermon you had your own little packet of things you could color and do like word searches about jesus or whatever like i don't know it was it was weird but they were it was very organized like i just don't remember what it was like there were different age ranges where you would get stuff in sabbath school to take home or you would have like a a full lesson that you would keep at home that would be like for the three month period or you would get like a one week period worth of material I just don't remember if it was every week or what. I remember getting insights every week. Insights were like the weekly lesson for like high school. Um, I remember getting guides every week. That was like before high school. And I remember getting my little friends. That was like when you were a little kid. Um, And they were all kind of for like those age ranges like of entertainment. And then once you get older, you get the quarterly, which is something you keep at home. But you'd also have, I don't know what you would get every week, but I think you would get something every week to take home with you. Um, I could be wrong about that. But I've seen quarterlies that were full sheet paper sized books. I've seen quarter quarterlies that are like hamburger folded um, smaller books. So I don't know what size they are now a lot of this stuff now is like online it's all like digital so you can get pdfs of it all um so okay so that is so that is something you could you could expect to be reviewing during sabbath school or your lesson might just be like the sabbath school teacher would just wing it there was a point when i when i would teach sabbath school like once a month um i was in college at that time and i would just choose a lesson of what i liked and i would teach about it um about from the bible um i would use the quarterly and stuff um to see if there were topics i liked usually i didn't really go by that thing usually i'd go because i used to study the bible like i used to read it every day just because i like to like it was just a habit, just like some people work out every day, some people eat breakfast every day, some people drink coffee every day. I used to just read the Bible every day before bed. I would read like either a chapter or a paragraph. And if I was too tired, it was like a paragraph um, or I'd read like a chapter, um, which is how, you know, I know the Bible is because if you think about all the things I just said, you have a you have a daily lesson that you've been reading every day, like and you go to an Adventist school and you're studying the Bible on your own and you're studying at least during the week, at least once. If you go to a Christian school, you're having Bible lessons and Bible classes and chapel and you're so just like 
absorbed in like <laughs> the religion so i was i was quite absorbed in the religion um and it was easy to be absorbed in because it was like most of my social life was through the church anyways i went to an adventist school where everyone went to an adventist church well not everyone but like yeah like most of the people i interacted with were from the adventist church and and i went to the same school as them and my f- parents were friends with with the people from the church and parents from the school and so when they interacted it was with those people and when I interacted it was with those people's kids and so it was kind of like that's what we what we would do but then also I had neighborhood friends too that didn't go to the church really um and then later on I would have school friends that didn't go to the same school or church at all um but yeah I uh okay so Yes, depending what type of church you go to or what your church is structured like, um, you may or may not read a, you know, weekly planned type of lesson. You might have someone who's kind of like a little more like um, a little less structured and going with the flow. But it is it is usually every like I mentioned, there's ministries for everything. So you might be one of the people who teaches the lessons. You might be one of the people who prays um, on the stage, like during the service. You might be one of the musicians. Like every, the church is run basically by volunteers, people volunteering to do all this out of their time for free. So um, you'd have a collegiate pastor and then the pastor could say who they wanted to like teach lessons. If you were interested in that kind of thing, or if there was like a Friday night Vespers, your collegiate or youth or somebody, the pastor might be like, do you want to do like a, a Vespers lesson? Or like, do you want to teach this week? Or do you want to do like a speech or like a, you know, a PowerPoint or whatever? Um, so yeah, you get really, if you're really involved in church, you get really used to doing a lot of different stuff. You know, I got used to, you know, public everything (laughs) um playing music in public singing in public um being on the stage doing stuff like I'm not saying this I'm not trying to like like I'm not this isn't I hope this isn't coming across as bragging I don't think it's even like a super like braggy thing I just yeah I'm just trying to say I was involved and if you're involved you eventually just start taking on roles because I mean, if you're involved in the church, there's not really much you you can't you can't really be too hot or cold. You 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 can't be too lukewarm in the Adventist church. I'll tell you that if you want to like the more you go to church and the more you're kind of like involved in the culture and with the people who go to the church or the multiple churches that you might interact with. Um the more you're involved, the more you go to church, the more you interact with people, the more likely you are to um um the more likely you are to kind of maybe consider different parts of your life changing towards the church culture now I'm not saying people have to do that it's just kind of like 
it's almost kind of like when you when you've made a decision about something in your life you kind of follow through more wholeheartedly than not right so if you if you start going to the gym every day without fail or a couple times a week without fail you're probably going to change your diet or along with it right you're not going to keep eating the hamburgers and pizzas and uh, coca-colas and all you know you're gonna tailor your diet to match your workouts and then you know you're gonna tailor your sleep to match that you're doing all these other healthy things like you're gonna start changing other stuff just as a natural effect of changing the one one other thing and I kind of feel that's what happens with church when you get involved in a church you you don't necessarily change it because of the pressure or anything I think you just start getting more involved in other traditional religious things because you're already involved in like some of it so it's like you might as well be involved in more um so I feel that was at least maybe that was my experience um I don't know if it's everybody's but it's like because I was going to church so often um it was just something I woke up and did like I didn't really think twice about it I I never really like fought my parents on it there are a few days I missed because I didn't really want to go or like I've mentioned before like when my dad would be out of town on work or something um out of town like my mom wouldn't really care if we just went to like the song service and then like Sabbath school and the song service then would just like go home and have more free time like she was kind of more flexible with it um but again this was like rare it wasn't like every week and you know, my mom came from a culture of eating bacon and pork and ham and stuff like that. Um, and from the Midwest too. So it's like, it's part of her culture that she kind of just didn't really involve herself in. And then, um, she was raised in the church of God in Christ. I think it's a, I think it's a Pentecostal type church. Um, and I, I grew up going to a church like that before we moved from Missouri to LA. Um, I would go to Sunday churches mostly, now there when right before we moved may I want to say maybe a year I can't really tell the amount of time cuz I was like 4 <laughs> but um I want to say maybe like a year or so we went to an Adventist church and I don't feel like it was every week um and I think before that we would mostly go to Sunday churches and I feel like we went like every week or most of the time. Um, but yeah, my family goes to church. Most, most, a lot of them still go to church a lot, even if it's not the Adventist church, a lot of them go to church often. Um, so yeah. So that was one thing that I would notice that I would see um let me see so yeah okay so we talked about Sabbath school in detail I think (laughs) sorry I had to go back and talk about all the lesson planning and stuff because that is a big part of it um and then um So you would, let me see, 
So the church, oh man. So you would walk in. So, okay. So if you weren't a volunteer of any kind or in any type of ministry during the church day, and you were just a member of the church or a guest at the church, um, if you went to Sabbath school, you would do that first. If you went to the service, um, after Sabbath school, because there's a little break, you're not like running straight from one to the other. Like you're still having enough time to like use the restroom and like, you know, find a seat and like talk, like say hi to some people. Like it doesn't go directly into it. Like you have at least usually 10 to 15 minutes, if not more between the Sabbath school ending and the church service starting, but you kind of ease into it. Um, so if you're already at Sabbath school, you're likely not going to be late for church. Um, they usually would end on time. Um, I don't remember Sabbath schools really starting like, cause, cause the church service doesn't just like start. Like, so once you're past the greeters and they've welcomed you and you've got your bulletin, you come in and find your seat. Now, me and my friends, we grew up together. A lot of us grew up together. So we would go to the same seating almost all the time. Like me and a crew of my friends, we would sit next to each other all the time. All of us who grew up together, especially in high school, we all would sit like in the back. Now it depends which building. So we've had, in my lifetime, we've gone through three church buildings, four church buildings. Um, So there was the one in Westchester that they demolished now. I think they made it, it was a Discoveryland preschool and now that was there on the site. And now I think it's apartments or something like that. I don't know. But they demolished it. Um, that church is no longer there. And, um, but when I was there, I was so young. Um, and me and my friends would sit kind of under the pews, like and color on the ground and stuff. Not on the ground. We would color on like paper. Um, but we'd sit like on the ground a lot. There was this little kid who was my friend. His name was Jim Boy. Um, he would talk so loud. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we would always laugh because he'd always have to go to the bathroom <coughs> and he would always be like i i need to go pee like like screaming at the top of his lungs in the middle of the surface and we're like oh this boy um he would always talk so loud so there were a, a few of us <clears throat> me and my brother a friend or two would sit kind of like under our parents like you know when your parents are kind of sitting there on the pews and we'd be like on the floor like next to them and like maybe laying on the ground there like coloring and like we would we were allowed to maybe whisper but we couldn't really talk loud um and I got really interested in church at a pretty young age just because I really like learning stuff. So I really had a, an, an enjoyable time with it because I got to learn all the time. It's like I got to go to these classes and talk about this book that was super complex. And like everybody would like not like fight about it all the time, but there'd be like intellectual conversations and almost like debates about it. And I really liked kind of hearing a lot of different perspectives on things and getting to know how different people react to stuff. And like I really enjoyed myself with it. um so that was so that's basically how the church how the church looks at the beginning um so once you're in you're welcomed in you find a seat some churches will have ushers that will seat you our church it was kind of just like find a seat like i mentioned there would be music playing up front or over the speakers it wasn't like a completely silent place but it wasn't loud music it was quiet enough you could still talk and mingle with people before the service 
usually people would sit with their family, with their friends, or just with people that they knew from church that they liked sitting nearby. Um, people didn't always, um, people didn't always, um, like, know people, um, so yeah, people would just sit wherever they would sit at our service, um, there was no, like, separation of, like, ages or, or genders or anything like that, it was mostly if people separated, they did it <clears throat> for their own selves, because they were, um, wanting to do things separately on their own, um, so, that was one thing, um, so, let me see, so, yeah, people would be seated, um, yeah, they were allowed to talk, it was kind of like a joyful, like, introduction, and then the, the, the service would start, now, some traditional services would start with, like, this worldview picture, they would either do this during the adult Sabbath school, where they would have, like, a, um, an introduction to kind of what's going on in other places in the world, a mission report story about, like, different missions going on in the world, about, like, people, like, helping build, like, wells around the world or different communities of the world that maybe were Adventists that needed some kind of financial relief and support, and, um, I think this was done in Sabbath school because I think there was a, a Sabbath school, um, offering, that they could give, um, that you could give towards that, or sometimes I think maybe they would do it at the beginning of, of a church service if it was, like, a really important one, or if you had, like, a mission, missionary student or something like that, um, um, oh my goodness, um, so that's how you would start church, um, So, yeah, you'd begin church sometimes with the welcome, like not the welcome person at the door, but you would get up, shake hands, hug, say happy Sabbath to everybody. Not everybody, but like maybe people in your row or whatever. Sometimes during that greeting and welcome, people would leave and go to the bathroom because they didn't like it because it was awkward. Um, or they go, like, in the lobby and just, like, talk to who they actually wanted to talk to and not spend their time, like, talking to everybody. So some churches would start with, like, a first song just to get people into, like, the spirit, into the mood of things and kind of a little more interactive, like, an upbeat song and then do the greeting. Um, some churches would just start with the greeting right away. Um, <clears throat> but there usually be somebody who came up, did the welcome, welcome to church, today's whatever day... Um, if there was like a major announcement, <coughs> they might say it then, but it wasn't like a whole bulletin reading or anything. A lot of times that would happen later. Um, so yeah, there'd be some kind of welcoming and like songs, there'd be a whole song service. 
So at that time, you know, the band that was playing like the praise team will go up and play the songs or sing the songs, um, usually to a PowerPoint that was in the back and somebody was operating the PowerPoint or there'd be like monitors in the front that they could look at um, and then sing the lyrics. And then the lyrics would also be behind them on a big screen or they were depending on the church, you might have like a hymnal. If it's a very traditional church, they might just sing hymns. Music is a whole thing in the Adventist church because some churches don't believe in drums or any music, like certain types of beats that would make you want to dance. Um, So a lot of them, there are a lot of churches that stick to hymns and hymnals that have organs, pianos. They might have acoustic guitars, but no electric guitar um no drums or if they do have drums not loud drums um you a lot of churches have no drums and no clapping like no clapping along with the music and no clapping like before or after any type of like entertaining type of situation so like if like if somebody prays you're not gonna clap necessarily but like if somebody does like a special song where they do like a solo um some churches you'll clap or say amen or um some churches you clap during the music like along with the beat or just clapping like in general there's usually not a lot of clapping or dancing um in very traditional churches but some churches you'll see a little dancing you'll see a little people like a little more upbeat and like you know, not really too reluctant to just kind of praise however they're going to praise without like following some kind of strict traditions about it. Um, <clears throat> some churches play like gospel music. Um, yeah, it just depends what type of church you go to, what type of music you're going to be singing. That's a big, um, that really determines what the music is like a lot of times. Um, <clears throat> So, yeah, it would be common to have, yeah, the beginning of church is usually going to be welcoming music. A lot of times you stand with the beginning songs because they're usually more upbeat. Some churches you're clapping to it. Some churches you're not allowed to clap. Some people like sway a little bit to the music or maybe tap a foot or like, bob around with the beat or something some churches that would totally not even be okay some churches people will be like dancing a little bit either like the praise team is dancing while they sing a little bit and then like not a lot like nobody's like full out like doing the dougie or whatever like they're like like you know dance like church dancing you know um yeah like you probably heard about in like especially like Pentecostal churches where they say people get people got the Holy Spirit or they got the Holy Ghost and they're like dancing around like in the aisles and stuff. You don't really see a lot of that in the Adventist churches. You don't really see a lot of people like praising and jumping or speaking in tongues or like running around in the aisles. I mean, other than like little children that get loose or something, you don't really see people running around um or like losing kind of control of their you know their reserved ways like people are tend to be a lot more reserved um 
I'm not saying there's anything wrong or right about like that. Um, I found it a little restricting because I would I would get kind of like into the music and stuff. And sometimes it's like, oh, like, can I clap to this? Can I like sing? Am I allowed to like sing harmony or like is this like not okay? Like usually at your own church, you know, it's okay, but it's kind of hard when you go to other churches. You're like, oh, like, okay, nobody else clapped after that solo. Okay, like (laughs) or like, um um you know things like that so um yeah and then usually for like the last couple songs there would be like you'd be seated they'd be slower songs you might pray in one of the songs at the end or whatever um you might pray um towards one of the last songs there might be someone who goes up on the stage and like does a prayer um now this is all laid out in the bulletin so it kind of just depends what the bulletin says um it goes in that order for the most part um so after the music um there's usually like sometimes they'll do the welcome then um, where people are greeting each other just to get up a little bit and like stretch a little bit before you have to sit down for like a really long time. Uh, so sometimes they'll do the greeting then, or there might be a greeting at the beginning and then another greeting like in the middle. Um, and then there might be announcements where they talk about, you know, the church budget and all that kind of stuff. Um, it kind of depends what's in the bulletin, but these different segments of the service are often led by a team of different people. So there might be different praise teams and may, say if there's four praise teams, one praise team plays the first of the, of the, the first weekend of the month, this one praise team plays the third weekend of the month or whatever. Um, there might be praise teams that rotate out. Uh, there might be different people who lead the greeting, who tell people, hey, okay, time to greet each other. There might be a team of people who are different people that do the prayer during the service. There might be a team of people who do the offering, who are ushers or whatever. Um, so an usher might be um, a, a role that's more of like a church role that is like a higher position I guess um but you're not paid for that either but you could be an usher take the offering up um when they do the call for the offering there's usually a person who talks about the church budget does the call for the offering um and then there's ushers that pass the basket pass around the baskets and stuff there's usually like a lead usher that comes up and all the other ushers follow now, in a lot of churches, it's traditional that the ushers are male. and a lot of churches, it's traditional that the pastor is male. Um, there is, there, I don't know if there still is this argument. There was an argument, at least, that, you know, female pastors couldn't get ordained. Um, and then you see other types of um, traditions like that, that... Um, like with the ushers, you don't really see a lot of female ushers. Um, now that that it kind of just depends. Sometimes you're just like 
a rogue um, member that like attends quite often and people just know you and you're part of the church. And so you'll get voluntold slash volunteered to do different roles, like take up the offering or like, can you do the prayer today? Or can you can you greet people at the door today? Or can you um, <clears throat> stay behind and be part of the cleanup crew after the potluck today? Like sometimes you'll get um, invited to serve, you know, just because they know you. Um, and then that's not always the case, but sometimes you will. Um, and sometimes you can volunteer. Sometimes you can, you, there's a nominating committee, committee that sometimes you get nominated to do something and you can say either if you want to do it or not. Um, so there's what else, what other aspects of the church are there? So yeah, you would come in. Yeah. You come into the church, you would, yeah, you, the offering would be taken up like I mentioned, like usually if you're giving according to the tradition, it's 10% of your income before taxes. Um, a lot of people do like a weekly tithe and offering. Some people do 10% tithe, 5% offering or whatever. That's pretty traditional too. So you're actually giving 15%. Um, you can, it's tax deductible if you write it out, like, through a check or if you put it in cash in an envelope <clears throat> they usually have at least back in the day I don't know if they do this all digitally now but like there used to be um 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 what's the word um <clears throat> digits yeah there used to be you know envelopes in the back of the pews or seats where you could put your offering put your you know there's a pen where you could write your name your address how much you're giving um and then at the end of the year this was all given to you um it's tax tax deductible um for charitable giving or whatever um so this would be yeah this is like mid-service and then there might be like a special music in there somewhere where either a teen or somebody does like a musical song that they've been practicing either like a solo it could be themed based on like the holiday so if it's like a Christmas season or Easter season you're more likely to hear those types of solos um um and then in addition to special music yeah there's usually one special music maybe two but usually one or like a group um and then There's the sermon. I don't know of any churches that don't have a sermon. 
but there's usually the sermon. Um, that's one of the last things that usually happens towards the end. And it's usually about 30, 40 minutes to an hour. I don't know how long the sermon usually is, but it can be lengthy. Um, black churches are known for going really long. Um, some churches aren't. Um, like I mentioned, there might be a church, your your church might not be in English. Um, so there are some churches that aren't in English that, that have like a translator on staff where they can use the little headphones and you can just hear it while somebody's quietly translating in the back. Um, <clears throat> for the visitors or people who don't speak the native language, um, and, you know, the songs and different things like that might reflect those things. Um, yeah, the sermon can be about, sometimes they have like a series. So if they're doing a series about like, I don't know, John the Baptist or a series about like a traditional type of topic, like about, you know, foods that Adventists eat or don't eat. Um, and then they're always tying it back into the Bible. Um, there's not always an altar call for people who want to like rededicate their lives to being a Christian or who might want to get baptized. I don't think there's always an altar call. Um, sometimes there might be, but I don't know if there always is. And then, um, let me see what else. So, um, other than, other than, an altar call. Let me see. What else would be at the end of the service? I mean, there's always praying and stuff. There might be like a song at the very end um, that people sing. And then maybe there's like an instrumental version of that song at the very end. Um, as people are leaving or walking out. Um, then people hang out. Like some people leave right after the service. Some people hang out. Like I mentioned, if it's like the first Sabbath of the month at the church where I grew up, there would be potluck. Some churches do potluck every week. I mean, I've been to churches where they did potluck every week. Um, But yeah, it's a time for fellowshipping and community, you know, togetherness and, you know, mingling, getting to know one another. And like I mentioned, that part as well, you know, there's people that are like greeting you out the door um, I think sometimes there's an additional offering plate there in case, in case you want to give at the end of the service, um, or in case you forgot or in case you weren't there on time or whatever, they often at least used to have like an extra offering at the end. Um, <clears throat> there, let me see. There was 
yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, if there's more at the end, yeah, potluck would be traditionally no meat dishes. Um, usually it's relatively healthy food too. Um, lots of salads, lots of loaves, like kind of like meatloaf, but it's not meat, like tofu loaf type things. Um, stir fries. It depends. Like when I went to, uh, there's a church in San Diego that I used to go to that was Adventist that, um, I guess there was a Korean service at the same time. And usually the Korean part of the church did the potluck, at least the times I was there, it was all Korean food for potluck. So we mostly had like bibimbap and like different kind of rice dishes or like dishes where you kind of like wrap the food like in the in the leaf, you know, and it was like veggie based usually, I think. Um, I've gone to churches that did serve meat or did do barbecues and things like that, too. So that were Adventist churches. Um, and that was not traditional. Um so yeah, that that's generally how church looked. Now some churches, if they didn't have potluck or if they they might have like a nighttime vespers or like I mentioned before, like AY and Adventist Youth um, type service, where it could be anyone who went. It didn't have to be um, Adventist or it didn't have to be youth. It could be adults too, um, and it would depend how close or how far you live from the church. You can't easily like in LA. It's not like you're gonna easily drive all the way back from, like, the Inland Empire back to, like, the coast, you know, after lunch or whatever, like, you'll be driving all day, so sometimes, you know, if people live too far, they weren't always involved in, like, the Friday and all Saturday and then Saturday night kind of things, like, they would just do some of it, um, but yeah, if you lived close by, you could kind of do all of it, um, let me see, I think that's all as far as like what you do at church. I think that's all, honestly. Um, Trying to think if there's anything more. That's mostly what I can think of. That's kind of how the church service looked. Um, Sometimes they do like special prayers. Um, Sometimes there'd be like a baby dedication. Sometimes there would be a um or like child dedication doesn't have to be like a young baby um sometimes there'd be a baptism these types of things would usually take place during the service um somewhere before the sermon um maybe instead of the sermon there would be like a baptism and then like a small message after i don't remember though um but yeah, there would be a lot of church, <laughs> um, a lot of church, a lot of like weekday stuff, um, a lot of Sabbath activities that revolved around church and religious stuff. Um, like I mentioned, there might be Bible studies like midday on this Sabbath Saturday, you know, or Friday nights. Um, mostly, you know, time spent with church family, time spent with your own family, um, time spent with your church friends, um, time spent with, um, 
yourself and with God. Um, not in any particular order, but that's kind of what what it would look like. Um, so that's generally how a church service would go. If you're a member of the church, that usually would mean that you were baptized in the church. Um, if you're baptized into a specific church itself, like church building, like the church I was baptized into, I was a member at that church. Um, cause I decided to be a member of the church when I got baptized. Now there are other Adventist churches that I'm not a member of those churches. I never took my membership off of the church. Um, I don't think I intend to take my membership off of the church or to switch it to a different church. Um, I intend to keep my membership at the same church. Um, so let me see. That's church and membership. Uh, what the church service looks like, the membership how you become a member. So if you're already a member of another church, you can decide to switch your membership to a different church and then they'll vote you in. I've never seen anybody be denied um, membership. Um, churches can be quite dramatic though. I mean, people tried to get rid of the pastor at one point um, because there was a merging of, of churches. That's something that's common too is like, merging of churches um something that's common is the ethnic um differences or um they have like what's called like the convocation so they'll have like these um conventions I, I think they used to do them once a year or whatever um maybe every other year I don't know um they used to have these conventions that were like Adventist conventions and you would go to like the Spanish convocation or the black convocation or whatever the convocation was, um, based on your kind of racial ethnic heritage or whatever. Um, not everybody went to those. I don't think everyone was expected to go to those. Um, another popular part of the church is, oh, oh, and those, uh, convic those, um, can't, I think they were called camp meetings, but you would, I don't know if the convocation was the same thing. I think you would go, like, say, like, the Black Convocation at the camp meeting or something like that. It would be, like, a weekend long, like, maybe two, three days long or, like, a week long, kind of like a spiritual retreat of a sort um, with a bunch of other Adventists that were maybe all Black or that were all Spanish-speaking. Um, but maybe the camp meeting was, like, everybody... But then the convocations were like shorter meetings. I, I can't remember, honestly. Um, there was a group that was called Pathfinders. Pathfinders was like the Boy Scouts or like Girl Scouts version of the Advent, like Adventist youth. Um, yeah, Pathfinders. So Pathfinders, they had like a uniform. You basically looked like a like a park ranger, you know, you'd have like the scarf and the little hat and the little shorts with the belt and the sash and the buttons and patches and things. Um, and Pathfinders was something you would do 
Some met on Saturdays after church. Some met on Friday nights. Um, some met during the week and you basically learn certain types of lessons. You'd usually have a Pathfinder leader. Um, there were different ranks you could be in. It was kind of like a, like a social club similar to like Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. I, I, I was never involved in it. I used to think it was so cool because of the uniform at one point and then I never really joined and then I kind of didn't care. But, um... Yeah, a lot of traditional churches have Pathfinders. Um, I feel like even though I haven't gone for quite a few years, I feel like the church has changed so much since I even used to go. Um, let me see. Yeah, that's mostly everything about church <laughs> for the most part. That's overall how like a church service would maybe look on a typical day. Now, if they have like a a holiday so easter service most churches most non-adventist churches celebrate easter sunday so you would usually for easter go to church on a sunday on a sunday the adventist church is not that way for the most part as far as i know the adventist church still has their sabbath service um now they might do a friday saturday sunday kind of thing um, most Adventist churches that I know don't do Sunday churches. So I've even noticed, even for Easter Sunday, a lot of Adventist churches will have their Easter service on Saturday. Um, they won't usually have a Sunday service at the church. Now, if they do have a service on Sunday, A lot of times it's maybe at like a local park or beach or like it's some kind of smaller scale thing that's not at the church. Um, Or maybe it's on like a Thursday instead of a Sunday. Like I can't I can't recall unless it was like some kind of Bible study type thing or like some kind of like public speech type thing happening on a Sunday. I can't remember doing any religious type activities on Sundays in the church as a service. And I think the reason is because they don't want it to feel like we're going to church on a Sunday. Um, Now, there's nothing wrong with, I mean, there's nothing wrong with going to church on a Sunday or a Saturday or not going to church at all or whatever. I don't really think that these things are right or wrong. I just think um, traditionally, Adventists might have like a bit of a taboo about church services on a Sunday, which is kind of a weird thing to me because I feel like you should be able to have a church anytime, any day, anywhere. Um, But Adventists are very, very heavy into church on the Sabbath, particularly on Saturday um, during the Jewish Sabbath, during the time where there would be a Jewish synagogue service. Traditionally, that's when Adventists have um, their church services. Um, and is there any other thing that I forgot? Um, I mean, when I was younger, too, we used to have like a... Um, a nighttime like a like a like a Saturday afternoon kind of like open mic kind of thing I guess you would say 
like, I guess they called it, like, homegrown music or whatever they called it. I can't remember what they called it, but it was, like, you could come and, like, do music, a musical act, a musical performance. Of course, it was going to be religious music and stuff like that, um, but you could do something musical. Um, and like I mentioned, some churches would do Bible studies. Um, but, yeah, I'm curious to know what people think. I mean, I think the Adventist church service overall looks pretty similar to most. Um, but like I mentioned, it's structured, like I mentioned, it's structured, it's, um, it's, um, uh, it's structured, it's, um, There's an order according to like a bol- what the bulletin's printed out to say usually. Um and then there's more information in the bulletin than the Sabbath uh service. Um there might be other details about stuff that happens like during the week. There might be other details about um different types of topics like not just what happens during the week but um Stuff that happens, like, um, um, mm, like during the week or, um, just different types of things like birthdays that are during that month or week. Um, it usually has the church budget information in there. Um, the goals they're trying to reach. Maybe if people have like wedding anniversaries or like upcoming announcements, they're important. Um, like if there's something like a picnic coming up or, um, usually it's stuff for that week, if not stuff during that month. Um, and yeah, so that's usually what the church bulletin looks like. Um, a lot of these services are now online. They might be archived too, so you can go back and watch. A lot of the services are, um... Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. Um, but yeah, I've never really heard of anyone not being allowed to go to church. I've heard of people, um, talking about like when they were younger, where like if you're wearing like jewelry or makeup or like a certain style of clothing, you weren't allowed to go in or something like that. And I remember um, one of my friends telling me that they went to a church potluck that like they were a visitor. I can't remember if they were there with a friend or they were a visitor just going to a random other Adventist church or something. And the church told them that because they weren't a member of the church, they weren't allowed to come to the potluck. So they got kicked out of the potluck and weren't allowed to eat, Um, which I think is like really awkward. Um... 
yeah, those are the most things I've seen with people getting kicked out. Um, I vaguely remember a situation. I think this is what I'm vaguely remembering. is someone coming in the door that was kind of like a, a homeless type of person or like a hobo type a person who was kind of like a little bit like erratic and, you know, just kind of not fully like seated or, you know, cleaned or anything. And they kind of came in like being a little bit disruptive. I think someone kind of helped them in some way or another. And I remember there used to be this very elderly couple that would like camp out outside the door of the church. Um, I remember there was some controversy about that. I've gone to other churches where they literally would keep their church gates unlocked so that if people were homeless and needed to, like, sleep there, like, they didn't advertise it, but they knew that some people would come and, like, sleep there and, like, in their car or whatever. And so um, they just left it as okay for people to do that. Um, And, yeah... I mean, that's overall what I'd have to say about church.